2: welcome to episode 122 of the women's running podcast i'm your host esther newman and she is your other host holly taylor we're kicking off with some advent calendar showing off just so hol can eat some chocolate live on the pod meanwhile i'm being a moaning myrtle because i've done my back in and take the opportunity to talk about it here at great length While it's not a running injury per se, it's worthwhile bringing up because it has stopped me in my tracks. And while one part of injury is how you recover best from it and prevent it from happening again, the other part is the mental distress from not being able to run. And I've got the latter half of that for sure. So lots of injury sadness. But the main part of this pod is about food as we're staring January in the face and lots of us will be having thoughts around this. We're getting our lovely nutritionist Laura Barnhouse on to talk to us about food, fuel, and body image in the first week of January, so there will be actual expertise then. Quick content warning here as we talk about food control and disorders at length, we talk about the food we should be eating and how we're supposed to get our heads around the whole body neutrality thing. So we preempt all of that by talking through our histories with eating and diets. We talk about food and control, body image, and the complex relationship between food and emotions and relationships. I think we discover quite a bit about ourselves in this episode. More expertise in January. Before then, and next week, we have the Christmas quiz. Hurrah! For the first time ever, we have a competition exclusively for the Pod Squad. We've teamed up with Brooks to offer you the chance to win a pair of Ghost 14 GTX worth £140. These are the waterproof winter version of their brilliant ghost shoes with special Gore-Tex technology, giving loads of cushioning and happiness whatever the weather. You lovely lot can win a pair by going to womensrunning.co.uk forward slash podcast competition and answering a super simple question. That's womensrunning.co.uk forward slash podcast competition. Good luck. Do join us on Patreon because we've got a couple of new benefits when you subscribe. And that's from just £2 a month. First, we have an exclusive weekly newsletter from me and Holly, just for patrons with lots of lovely secrets from us. And secondly, patrons on the cheer squad tier, which is just £6 a month, can listen to bonus podcasts too. Our first one is chocka with swearing and controversy and running scandals. It's like cereal, but for running.
1: It's ace. So, it's a shit and Uh, sad morning.
2: It is a shit and sad morning. (laughs) Morning!
1: However, (laughs) it's never too much of a shit and sad morning in December because you get to start the day with the advent calendar. Though you don't. I don't. What did you get I'm, in yours? Um, I haven't opened it yet this morning. Oh. What I got yesterday, which I've just been putting on my hands, was a, a patchouli and red berry hand mini hand cream. Oh, that's posh! I know this is the posh one that my mum got me, and then the mm. one that Doug got me. I got a chalky. Yeah,
2: you you could you know what you could open one of your advent calendars live on the pod.
1: Oh, shall I? Yes. Okay. I had to get. I might have to get Doug to pass it to me because I don't want to um, ruin my set, my very professional setup here. <laughs> of an Udi for the listener,
2: avocado Obviously, Udi. All the,
1: all the pod gear we usually have: microphones, yep. headphones, avocado Udi, mm. huge fluffy blanket, uh, <laughs> and also wheaty warmer bag of beans. Of beans. <laughs> uh, there's a lot to take <laughs> off in order to stand up and get my calendar. I'm, but I'm going I'm to have to shout to get Doug. I don't want to okay, shout to the pod.
2: Live shouting, Doug? do it. Did you hear that? Actual shouting, no response. Doug. And another one, no response.
1: Doug. <laughs> He's could could to you cast like me, me my advent calendar live on the pod? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm finding this funny, but I don't know if anyone else is. I don't know if Doug heard that.
1: He went, what? <laughs> Gorgeous. Different tack. I know, live on the pod.
2: Live on the pod. <laughs> here he comes. <laughs> Voices no, off. Mean,
1: because look how much stuff I've got on me. Okay. And, and the other one. Sorry. And the other one. Okay. I've got two. Two. Okay. Here we go. Not oh, really angry marvelous. about that. It's just there.
2: <laughs> sorry doug can't hear me okay they're literally like literally a meter away
1: he said <laughs> thank you so much though i'm really grateful for that slams the door okay overcompensating right go <laughs> okay what should we what should we start with what, what wow. are you most excited about are you most excited about um about uh, hand creams and stuff or chocolate
2: well, if it was in my house, I'd be more excited about chocolate. But because this okay. is kind of a visual, well, for us, it's a visual medium. Don't Official what business. business? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah. I, I'm going to start with hand creams and stuff too. Okay, hand here creams, we go. Hand creams. Great you ups. have to tell me if I'm close enough to the mic doing this. Uh-huh. What day is it today? The 6th. It's day the 6th. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, sorry, it's not very professional. It's taking me a moment to find it. Here we go. I can't find that's it. It's part of that's the good. joy, though, isn't it? It is Ooh. Part of the joy. It's a little tiny bath bomb. Oh, it is tiny. It's very cute, isn't it? <laughs> it's very cute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm gonna. I am i can not wait lovely. to use that. So I'm, I'm gonna have to look on the back um, because it doesn't have a, a label on it. Um, so I can't see what it actually is. It just says it's a bath fizzer, and then it tells me that in German, bath fizzer hmm. is toadeprausebomben <laughs> <laughs> exquisitely translated marvelous i love A it lovely, i love it festive badebrausenbomben <laughs> perfect <laughs> now for the thorntons uh, yes obviously other varieties of chocolate are available and we, I, we, indeed we'd love sponsorship from them um, Do you know what? This was on um, Felix's <laughs>
2: advent calendar. The numbers for her advent calendar, her Roblox one, are
1: linear. Isn't that rubbish? What? So, <gasps> yeah, so you don't know. get to find it. No. Oh, that's actually no half of my joy. I, yeah. I, I like having a competition to see who can find it first.
2: It's rubbish, isn't it? Absolutely oh, rubbish. Oh,
1: poor Felix. Yeah, or does she not coping. seem to
2: mind? She's yeah, she's, she's coping. been pretty pretty fine with it, Yeah.
1: What did she have things. in her Roblox calendar this morning? She had the bottom
2: half of a snowman. Yep. Exciting.
1: Very um, exciting. Very good. Exciting. good. Um, okay. Oh, look. So I get a fact. I get a Christmas fact. Oh, yes. T- Today's fact is the longest ever Christmas stocking was 51.35 meters long. Greedy. And 21.63 meters wide. Goodness. Those were like the kind of people I went to school with. Fucking stockings.
2: Oh God, with sacks and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, oh. did you used to have that? I just had a, I just had a, a dainty little stocking, Do you know but what uh, well,
2: my mum made our stockings, and she made them out of, I think, old dresses and curtains and stuff like that. So the fabric was very, bearing in mind my vintage very 70s so i remember that my dad's was like a kind of purple paisley pattern and i think mine had sort of little flowers i think mine used to be a duvet or a curtain or something but she'd stitched them so they were so wholesome it's incredibly wholesome but they were so they were cotton stockings in these kind of really nice jazzy fabrics um Mm. probably worth an absolute bomb on etsy these days um but they were very narrow they were for a, a a narrow legged kind of person so in terms of the sort of things that you got in your stocking it was all really really yeah. so it was I mean she could fit the tangerine in the toe and chocolate coins and nuts and things but yes. then it was like little things like you know like the fish that you put on your hand that would curl up to tell you what emotion you were oh, feeling oh yeah you get the, one of yeah. those in
1: there
2: always get one of those oh yeah.
1: that's I love those were always the best in a cracker those fish
2: oh I love the fish yeah but I was always yeah dead.
1: They're, the, they're officially the best
2: yeah, it never moved. It was never, it never, it was never <laughs> yeah. a good omen. No, no. no. I think because of my lack of circulation, it was just completely. Yeah, like that.
1: maybe that all comes back to the fact that mm. your Reynards meant that you didn't, you didn't have enough circulation to curl the fish. I couldn't curl the fish. Oh. Yeah, couldn't curl, could curl a the fish. Doctor. If you know and what I mean. Fish, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also have oh my god, we 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 have got plans to actually do a festive podcast and here we are talking about this stuff oh now already. But I, I, uh, I just want to who cares? There's you know, there's plenty of festive content out there, isn't there? Um yeah. we I we also get a tangerine in the bottom, and I think that that's a very important tradition to stay by because it is. No one, no one's excited about the tangerine, but <laughs> something about it in itself means that it wouldn't be Christmas without the tangerine in the bottom, would it? Tangerine, pound coin, chocolate coins. That's what you we get. get. A pound coin as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. We get a pound coin. I think it's gone yeah. up now. I think when we were younger, we used to get fifty p, and now we get we get a pound coin. Oh. I know. Absolutely. I mean Esther and I were talking about this the other day. I think it's a it's a point of contention and it's going to be different for everyone whether you still have stockings or not because as a grown up yeah both yeah as a grown up because both of our mums we were saying if we were home mm. for Christmas with our mums they would they would do stockings yeah for us still. Definitely. Um but Doug's family don't do stockings for them anymore. I think that's sad. I
2: mean yeah because I would I've only just stopped doing them for Dave <clears throat> I think in the last couple of mm. years. I think it was a couple of years ago and it's just like I can't because it was um me and his mum we kind of had a conversation where she said please can we stop doing stockings and I was like actually yeah that'd be great because it was always the the the, the last minute stress for me where I would do all of my christmas shopping I do it quite early because of all the birthdays and blah 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 um but the stockings just went on and on and on because you're not just getting the one gift are you and so yeah. I, I do now feel like I've got it under control in terms of the kids. In my head, I think it's it's between 10 and 15 things. It has to be quite small. They have small stockings too because I take after my mum. So uh, cause yeah. I see it as kind of small kind of jokey things. And maybe like there's usually um, a couple of books that I can't fit in there, like annuals or whatever. So That's they pop nice of Yes. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. I, I used to get a magazine. Oh, yes, I used to get them a magazine. They used to love that. Yeah, yeah, oh. that was amazing because sometimes the magazine would probably be the most exciting bit because mm. the magazine would also maybe have a free, a free gift, and it would be a like something gift. that you could craft or, oh, yeah, so exciting. And then when I got oh, older, I I used so to get get kind of like teen gossipy magazines and stuff. Oh, oh. I love getting a magazine. I might ask my mum if she can get me a magazine this year. <laughs> I've got enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to oh, eat dude. this. By the way, just oh, she's going to eat And I, I hope no one minds. I'm going to eat my Advent calendar chalk. Mm. It looks like it's going to be sort of toffee-ish this morning. No, you should.
2: What are we going to do when we go vegan? We're going to have to start oh, investigating no. vegan chocolate, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Oh dear, I'm worried about it. <laughs>
1: Mm. I'm sorry this was not a good idea to eat on the pod (laughs) because the main thing about a podcast is you have to talk oh you
2: want me to fill in don't you and I can't fill in because I can't think of anything other than the fact that I might have to have sad (laughs) chocolate in January (laughs) Mm. I I, I mean I do like dark chocolate and that tends
1: to be vegan I was gonna say you love dark chocolate so I do I don't like dark chocolate and I struggled Mm. with that when I was vegan before but they now I think things have come in come on in leaps and bounds and they now yep. do like galaxy do a vegan one mm-hmm. um uh, who else yeah do yeah, a big
2: yeah they do there's loads yeah. of vegan ones aren't there and there's a vegan kit kat
1: there's
2: a, a vegan it. kit
1: kat see we'll be fine yes we'll be fine yeah we, we'll be fine we'll, we'll cope. be i reckon we'll be okay on the chocolate front and yeah. we'll probably be all chocolateed out of like Christmas time is when I eat a lot of chocolate. Yeah, but likewise there and Easter I suppose. But the rest of the year, I don't really tend to like buy chocolate in my weekly shop or anything.
2: Oh, we I tend eat to loads. The
1: we eat loads. We're, yeah, we're, we're big. On... I might start
2: eating more. Do it. It's nice. We're big on um, Tony's chocolate only. So we have. <gasps> quite a lot of that. And what's quite nice is that Dave and I have favourite ones that are separate. So he really likes plain milk chocolate. And um, this is a mm-hmm. fascinating pod, isn't it, so far? Um, and he likes... Yeah. Um, Welcome, everyone, to the Women's yeah, Running hello, Podcast. Our favourite chocolates, <laughs> Discuss. Um, he likes the one that's like a pretend Toblerone. And I like the dark one with pretzel pieces in it. Although I say dark, it's like 50% cocoa. So it's like semi-dark. It's not really that dark. but Yeah, yeah,
1: that's a good balance for me. I could deal with a 50% cocoa. I yeah, had, like, discovered last night. Mm. Yeah. Um, hmm. Which which was the only dark choc I could handle when I was a kid. I didn't mind a bit of yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um love I yeah. was going to say about Tony's, Chocolonies, yes. um, that I discovered a Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Oh my God, and it's vegan. <gasps> I-, I forgot. Ooh. Okay, this is how we're going to survive. This is how we're going to survive. <laughs> uh, Doug picked this out yesterday in the weekly shop yeah. because Doug isn't really a very sweet tooth person, but he's really been getting into having ice cream. Um like of an evening sometimes Mm -hmm. get cozy and and have a bit of ice cream um yeah yeah, so um he's and he's been enjoying various different ones and his choice when we did the the weekly shop yesterday was a Mm. vegan ben and jerry's that has bits of vegan as well so this must exist vegan Tonys in it Mm. um and it Ooh. has sort of little chunks of pretzel, little chunks of salted caramel, and little chunks Hang on, of dark chocolate. Amazing! Mm. Oh my gosh, in a vegan chocolate ice cream, and it was absolutely incredible. We we usually have a couple of scoops, and then neither of us are brilliant at sweets. We get a little bit bit yeah. done after a few scoops, but last night I've, we really had to stop ourselves from eating the whole thing in one go. It was insane. <laughs> oh, it was so that good. So amazing. Vegan yeah. Chocolonies, I can't, I think it's called like chocolate, chocolate affair, chocolate affair, or something like that. Ben and Jerry's, and it's what it's all Ben got and funny Jerry's names, yeah. They? yeah. I think that's, a, ben a, that's a couple of nice offer. friends. yeah, Ooh, yeah, okay. yeah. Because sometimes Lush. you know, it, you you are talking five five quid a pint, aren't you? Which is <gasps> you pretty, are. pretty standard in Bath, yeah, yeah, it is, for it for is. a drink as well. But that's that's it's about five quid a pint for a Ben and Jerry's, which is too much for me. But this was on offer for three pound fifty.
2: Amazing. Amazing.
1: Clearly, nobody likes it, but we
2: did. But you did. Um, Yeah. um, That's good because actually, we were going to lots of chat today. We were going to do on food, and we've kind of done quite a nice intro to that already. It's pretty good. good. Well, before we do, we were just going to do a very quick kind of roundup to see how our training was going. So I was going to see how your running was going.
1: Yeah. Yes, I don't think I've spoken to. you about my training plan. So I've decided that I'm nope. going to use the mm. um oh obnoxious doorbell goes off. Uh not my problem. Um <laughs> so I'm being horrible to do today. So um <laughs> I'm gonna be using half marathon time, not distance. The tra- nice. it, it's so it's a women's running training plan. So anybody who's interested, you can find this. I'm sure we'll pop it in the show notes um or Actually, it's on our website under half marathon training plans
2: yeah I think I put it in the show notes last week I put it in again this oh, week. oh did for you sure. yeah yeah because I just cool. think it's just the best half marathon training plan we've got to be honest for for people that for people that are, have never done a half marathon before or um for people that um haven't done one for a little while or, or for people that aren't that yes. bothered about getting a pb just want to get around comfortably and happily that's all so I think it's a really nice
1: low stress training plan I think it's very democratic 100% Another thing I love about it is, you know, you get training plans that are like, um, they give you, um, the days. So it, and this might work for some yeah. people who are hyper organized and love to plan ahead where it will be like Monday, two miles, Wednesday, this, this isn't, this isn't a dictatee training plan. It literally just tells you that within week one, mm-hmm. you need to do, uh, a 20 minute run, two 30 minute runs. 30 minutes of cross training and 20 minutes of strength. So okay. when you add that together, it's like an hour, it's, fine, two, yeah. it's like two hours of, of training yeah. basically in the week. So if I think of it like that, that is, yeah. you know, that's not too horrid to try and fit into your into your week. So um, I, I just enjoy the, it feels quite relaxed and quite free as a training plan. So that yeah. feels right for me and that's what, what I'm going to be doing. Um, though I have to confess to you, Esther, that I haven't mm. run since we ran our, um, no. 5k in Battersea Park. So I haven't run for oh. six days. Yeah. I know. But That's I have been testing out mm. a, uh, a bike at home. I got a Watt bike. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, How's that going? I know. It's really exciting. And I have to admit, I don't know whether I've already talked about this on the pod. Forgive me if I haven't, if this is boring. But, um i because we're super lucky and we, we get to test lots of running stuff um and i was really excited about this and i thought that i was going to get a walk bike forever and ever however yes. that's not the case i've got it for, i've got it for about three weeks so just enough time <laughs> to really get used to it and build it into my routine before they're going to come and pick it up again but um <laughs> it's really good it's really good and i'm really excited about it and the great thing about having it at home i must confess is that you can watch below deck or your choice of whatever reality telly while you do some bike before you know it you have done half an hour on the bike i'm obsessed i'd
2: love that if i had the space i'd love it
1: i I really would well we don't really have the space it was a huge i've been debating whether to talk about this on the podcast because i don't want to drag him through the mud but there were there were arguments with doug (laughs) about the space (laughs) he wasn't happy about it um, mm. And the uh, the agreement was he, he came round to it when I explained that it would only be for three weeks, um, and also I had to bring I had to bring it up the stairs. He helped, but mm. the guy arrived and I was out. And he, uh, the guy said, "Oh, do you want me to help you take it up the stairs?" And Doug went, "No, it's Hull's fault. It's Hull's responsibility." <laughs> <laughs> which so you tell he, him and it's like,
2: let's let's remind the listener that you live eight floors up in a tiny garret yeah it's just like there mean, is so no, there's no there's no lift
1: in our flat and we yeah. live in the you know it's like kilimanjaro it is maybe <laughs> nearly you need crampons that's why it's so cold yeah. You need crampons. yeah that's why it's so <laughs> bloody cold it's its own sub culture <laughs> so what do you call it uh where, where something's got its own, it's got its own ecosystem or something. Up, microclimate. Yeah, um, it has. <laughs> yes, it's a microclimate. It's a microclimate up here, and uh, <laughs> and the guy turned up with the bike, and I think I didn't realise. I presumed it was going to arrive like flat packed, or and probably if you buy a what bike, then it does. But because I'm borrowing it, it mm-hmm. arrived. For, it arrived all all built and just turned up, and and the guy the bloke put it at the bottom of the stairs, and he did say to Doug, yeah, "Do you want me?" me and you to take it up now and <laughs> i just flatly refused and said no That that's Hole's job she's going to have to sort that out which obviously I couldn't do on my own and so he did help me take it up the stairs but of course, of there course. was a certain amount of, of of passive aggressive rage that was going on about the fact that I was moving this huge bike into our lives um, <laughs> but I, I love it oh i mean i i would love to have something like that yeah we had yeah um, i think you would you would you would love to have something like that Uh, but it's just storage isn't it it is storage we
2: had um when we went into lockdown i panicked because i had all these i had injuries one after another and i i bought the cheapest shittest um exercise bike i think i remember that it was under 100 pounds it was like 90 something pounds (laughs) And it was Mm. really, really bad. And I don't know if anyone's had any of these before. So there's no like, I think the wheel in itself is just the resistance. There's no, there's nothing going on with it. And I had it and I put it in the kitchen, which was the only space we had at the time and um, used it once and thought this was awful. And I sold it within a week for
1: more money, I think, than I bought it for. Ooh, oh, no! there you oh, go. She's no. a savvy businesswoman, our Esther Neiman.
2: <laughs> well, everyone was panicking in <laughs> lockdown, weren't they? They were like, oh, we can't go out. We need to get some. I was like, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I, I, I remember it. trying to buy weights and uh, bits like that to do strength training and absolutely could not get any. It was a nightmare. I just didn't. I couldn't. Yeah. yeah. Also, I probably didn't yeah. try that hard. Yeah. No. <laughs> 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 I was just saying to Dave that what I
2: really want because of something I'll come onto in a second I was saying I would really like to have um I've seen people that have walking treadmills under their desks so they have stand up desks oh my gosh, and you yes. can on a treadmill and then you can just have a little walk and I'd, I imagine
1: I really we would we would have kind of we I don't know we'd look like Cindy Crawford or something afterwards that was a bit of a dated do, reference probably wasn't That's, it we do like, actually and yeah who cares as you're soon going to find out is the vibe of this yeah. podcast episode when it comes to stuff yeah. like that
2: who i'm I'm not setting shit. it
1: up well because yeah who gives a <laughs> shit is is the true is the, truth the true that we're going to be discussing yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. exactly so um but, it would make probably make us feel brilliant because i do sometimes get a bit like oh god am i gonna have you ever seen the prototype of the of the woman who's been sitting at at her desk for 40 years have you no. seen it? That's a weird thing no. to, to say, isn't it? Oh, I feel I'm I, okay. I'm going to text it to Esther, and <laughs> I will try and do something like put it on Instagram oh, when this episode comes out, so you can see it. But oh, um, wow. if I haven't for some reason, um, yeah. um then I, I'm looking up here. W- woman, sedentary lifestyle. <gasps>
2: <gasps> oh, it's going to be really upsetting, isn't it? there's going to be like a big bulge at the back of her neck and yes I don't
1: know how I can find this for you I typed in woman sedentary lifestyle um (laughs) oh god I'm sorry I need to do this quickly otherwise this is not going to be interesting um (laughs) well you search for that
2: and I will talk about what I've been doing for the last week or so
1: okay good idea good um, idea
2: yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I, I have been on a run. So we we went for a run last Wednesday around Battersea. Then, um, I did my normal Friday, and then uh, which is another kind of five or six k. I did a long run at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Did ten miles at the weekend, which was really nice. I had to get up quite early on the Sunday because it was Christmas tree buying day. Um, but it was quite <gasps> nice to get out the way. Oh, Holly sent it to me. Hang on a minute. Let me let me have a look. I sent the it to you. Oh, uh, Jesus to find-
1: Christ. Yeah, That's to find horrible. this, I searched office worker, office worker future model. Oh, it is it's It's basically that a woman of... with a huge hunchback.
2: Yeah. And she sort of and, bent and really, double. Really, those, she... I mean,
1: very bad
2: shoes. I mean, does, is this what lies in our future? Really bad shoes. I know she and hasn't dressed her. very
1: well for it. She hasn't, has she? she, could, she could. She could have dressed, you know... She, you yeah, she could be doing all right with that, with that bod. She but She's, doing, she's not yeah. chosen very flattering. I've, she's got varicose veins. Yeah, I hear you. She's. Got I mean, the thing is, it's like sort, sort of withered of hands. A lot
2: of <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all, dear? Don't we? Yeah, she's got. She does look like she's wearing a, a bit of a meat suit going on there, doesn't it? So they've they've put some yes, meat leg warmers on there.
1: Yes, it's the idea that you yeah. wake up and you put on a meat suit. And the biggest mm. part, I suppose, is that it's got a huge hunchback, which I honestly, yeah. I catch myself in pictures sometimes, and I'm like, I'm developing a bit of a hunchback. Yeah, now I've got that. I've got
2: terrible posture, terrible posture. Um, but yeah. I am standing up today. So normally I'm sitting on my bedroom floor when we do this, but I'm standing up as we're doing this podcast.
1: Um, you're standing up because, doing this.
2: Yeah. Can you not see? Can you tell? Do
1: you no? stand when you're in that position?
2: No, I'm normally sitting down. I am standing. Are you, up today. I was going to say. Okay. And I'm standing up today because so I did my run at the weekend, that's fine. I went for a run yesterday, even, and that was fine. Um and oh, well then I went done. to boot camp this morning. Went to boot camp this morning, half past six, and it was not fine. So um I we Aww. were doing I was doing a squat um and my back pinged. So I am <gasps> deeply saddened by this. So I've got um I've got a bit of a bulging disc. Uh, right at the bottom. I think it's the the very, very lowest disc in my vertebrae. And um, I ha- it went for the first time, I think, in lock. No, it was before it was before I joined Anthem that I first did it. Um, and then I did it again when we were in lockdown. I did it reaching for a kettlebell, not even picking it up, I don't think. And today, when I came back, Dave was like, was it a kettlebell? And I was like, no, 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 it wasn't. I was actually, I was doing a squat. But um, I could... F- see the thing is for the last I think the last month I've been complaining about pain um that I thought was glute and and hamstring and then yesterday I started yeah. googling this pain that I've been having just below my right butt cheek and um and what the first thing that comes up is piriformis or sciatica and I was like now if you do, if you've not had back pain hole. are you are you back back you're too young for back pain um so no, I, do, for I get me, sometimes
1: just because my posture isn't brilliant but I've I've not I've been lucky enough to never have anything that's yeah. been
2: more than like a couple of days it's just it's so fucking horrible and it's really upsetting because it just feels like it's not as bad as that time like the first time I did it the first time I did it I was literally floored I couldn't move um and it was just yeah and and but subsequently because I know how to kind of I know how to move and I know the warning signs that it hasn't ever been quite as bad as that first time fingers crossed um but this time so and it's usually flagged up by having a little bit of sciatica so getting a bit of radiating pain but the thing about sciatica is it's a bastard and you can't tell if it's pain in your leg Or if it's referred pain from your back, and I think so. Obviously, in this case, it's been referred pain from my back that's going. Oh, grumble, 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 and I've been like, oh, glutes, what are you doing? And what? How come that's going a bit lower in my leg and then a bit higher in my leg? That's strange. You know, my hamstrings must be. Oh God. So that that's been going on for like the last month, and I think it's probably it's just all sitting. It's going to be also to do with temperature because I of I just more kind of tense and stuff as I sit and work and holding myself in a bad way um but yeah so I, I yeah I did this squat this morning and when it goes it's a very odd a very unpleasant pain because it very it feels very yes. nerve-based pain really did go a bit through me yeah so it feels very nerve-based it feels like um it f- it, like you can sort of feel it in your teeth kind of thing it's just like it's like it's not like a stabbing pain it's just like a oh and it kind of feels like if you move in a certain direction you're basically it feels like you're going to just break in two it's really odd it, it's odd oh and oh my and, goodness but then you never know how long it's going to take to fix and so obviously I've got, at the moment I've got um injury sadness because <laughs> I'm like
1: oh, oh Esther no, oh no I'm so sorry tomorrow. here here we've been talking about stupid trivial advent mm. calendars and women with hunchbacks and no, i out. had no idea that has it yeah. i'm so sorry that's so so horrid that's such a pain oh it's
2: bollocks it's just so horrible i hate it I, you know all this time when i first got together with dave i remember he said that he he's got like two bulging discs and um uh and so and he had a, a couple of episodes like spasms I guess um when the kids were really little um and I showed him no sympathy whatsoever I was just like "Ugh," Mm -hmm. you know because when when you hear like old people talking about bad backs you're like oh god it just sounds so pathetic and a bad back doesn't you know you can't see blood there's no bone damage there's no
1: it's just like what are you complaining about Uh, oh it sounds like one of those maybe one of those nice things where you get to sort of curl up in a in a blanket but yeah. you're fine really like a sort of slightly exactly. dripping nose or something So Aww. I showed
2: him no sympathy and um and then I had it for the first time whenever it was like 5 or 6 years ago and he showed me all the sympathy because he understood mm-hmm. completely and um I remember the, the thing that made that even worse was that I asked him when when it happened I said because of a, a previous injury I'd had, I said, oh, can you go and get me some codeine and something from, yeah. the, you know, just prescription codeine, uh, not prescription codeine, so not prescription codeine. So just go to the chemist and get this and this. And he came back. Oh, I thought he it. meant from a dealer. No, <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> no, he's street codeine.
2: He, not, no, no, just, just normal, just from boots. He got me normal mm-hmm. codeine and something or other, gave it to me. And I'd forgotten, actually, I also have a reaction with that. It makes me feel incredibly sick, incredibly oh, sick. Oh, no. So, But then the thing, I was so pathetic there. So I t- t- took this codeine, went back, and then um, began to feel nauseous with it as I was going to throw up, like going completely white and sweaty and stuff and things. But I couldn't retch because the retching motion was setting off my back. So I <gasps> <to> stand still, <laughs> and I just remember crying and crying today. Go, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and then even crying hurt, mm. you know. And it, God forbid you sneeze. God forbid you sneeze, because that in it's that you know you have to brace yourself against all the walls if you sneeze, because you don't want to.
1: Oh my goodness! If you, you just feel so disabled. It's awful. So anyway, is that how sorry. you're feeling to, at the moment? Now, no, No. Don't. no it's not as bad as mm. that
2: um I can feel it on one side I know where it is I need to take some neurofen um to kind of reduce the Mm -hmm. swelling um so I'll do that in a little bit when I've had some food can't have it before food um yeah it gives me kind of acid um yeah yeah, and I I don't think I'm not I don't think I'm even supposed to take neurofen anyway because I'm I'm a wheezy asthmatic so it's all a bit like oh fuck's sake um yeah. but anyway oh, I, do, I will I will I will no it's not as bad as that I just need to be really really careful about how I hold myself how I move where I sit I mean it's okay to sit I just have to get in and out of it really slowly driving is a bit painful okay.
1: you know all of that
2: shit it's just like oh,
1: for fuck's oh sake. god and
2: it could be a couple of days or it could be weeks um it it probably won't be well I'm hoping it won't be weeks um but yeah it might be a good few a good few days. A few yeah. days. Yeah. Oh, Esther! Yeah. And even then, it's just going to have to. I'm just going to be super, super careful. Yeah, but um, but it's fine. I can move. I'm fine. I should count my blessings.
1: Okay. Okay. Do you think something has literally pinged? I'm afraid I can't stop thinking about ping. Sorry. Um. It will. All that will be,
2: <laughs> will be that that grumbling disc at the bottom is is mm. touching a nerve. That's what that is. So it feels pingy, but actually, it is just that's what. So I just have to wait for it to go. Yeah. So there's a couple of you oh can do things you. like, um, I think it's called a cobra. Yeah, it is. You know what? You know that cobra move where you lie down on your face, on your face. Oh, yeah. And you, <laughs> lie, see, down you know, f- lie down. Lie down, up. right on
1: your face. On your yeah, face. Yeah. You, and,
2: <laughs> and then you push up. And I do remember a like a video that I spoke like a Sphinx. Yeah. Well, I spoke to mm-hmm. a video um, when I first did it. So five, six years ago. And he said, actually, what's really good if you're particularly for where I'm not going to suggest this for everybody, because it all depends on where your disc is and which bits bulging and blah, blah, blah. But because mine was bulging kind of out um, and what we wanted to do was poke it back in. That's basically what I do. Um, That you do the cobra move, but you do it quickly. You sort of snap up rather than doing a slow move, because what you're trying to do is push it. Just push it back in again. Yeah. So that,
1: paired Ooh. with a bag of beans,
2: I need a bag of beans like you've got.
1: <laughs> get a bag of beans. Honestly, I got my bag <laughs> of beans. I mean, you can get them anywhere, can't you? But I got my bag of beans from the Christmas market. <gasps> what, this year? Yeah. Yeah. How I went the Christmas week- market? On the
2: was it lovely? Oh.
1: It was actually lovely. So if yeah. you are a resident of a town that has a Christmas market, I don't know how many people this applies <laughs> to, um, but all of us here in Bath, we are <laughs> residents of a, of a town that has a Christmas market, and it can be a right old pain in the ass, can't it? Yes, it can. It can. Yeah, you can't get down and to Marks we, and Spencers quickly, can you? It's a real pain. No, you certainly <laughs> cannot get down to Marks and Spencers quickly. Or like the other day when I was walking to the train station to meet you to go on our our five k, um, yeah. it yeah that that took. I had to weave weave my way through lots of. Um, it tends to be busloads of lovely women from the valleys. Yes, that's all that's of who Wales it tends to be. Yeah. It's all of Wales. Um, yeah, It's all the Cardiff mums, the Cardiff mams. Yes. Um <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and they're sweet and they're having a lovely time, but it's a bit stressful when you're trying to get somewhere. Um, yeah. But just going and, like, moseying around them was lush. Yeah. And I feel like there are fewer people or if there are, even if, even if not fewer people, they've been cleverer maybe with the way that they've positioned the stalls. Because in previous years, I have honestly just felt like it's sort of like being a sardine. You just get sort of swept around without your yeah. legs even touching uh, the ground, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. But this year, I felt like I could have a proper wonder. went with my mum. We nice. did a little bit of, of Christmas shopping. I got, I got a present for Doug. I got a present for, um, oh, God, maybe I didn't really do very much. Actually, I got myself a <laughs> bag of beans. <laughs> did I not get anybody else anything? <laughs> I got Doug's mum something as well. But I, know, it reminds me I organised you- this year. Oh, yeah? How come? yeah what I was gonna say was I've only got my sister left
2: um oh. yeah I think that's it that's good well I was gonna so say feeling quite, cause it reminds quite me of that um that meme I saw a meme last week which was um a, a classic British thing which is like you know have you started your Christmas shopping and the response being yes I've got some bits but the translation being I've bought some stuff for myself <laughs>
1: yes oh it's so hard isn't it it's so tempting (laughs) i was being so good and then i saw these bags of beans and i was like you know what i have been sitting here shivering away Mm. and it's been such a joy my favorite thing to do is i put it in the microwave while i'm brushing my teeth nice and then yeah and then i finish my teeth and it comes out the microwave and it's time to go in the bed with my little bag oh, of beans, properly jealous. And it's lovely, properly jealous.
2: So right, crazy. okay. I look, might get listen, you one for
1: Christmas. Anyway, oh, yes, mate. <laughs> um, <laughs> mate, don't make me cry. Um, so, oh, I'm sorry. We're yeah. I feel like emotions are running high today, and you've got a reason really because you've hadn't. A horrid thing. Whereas mm. I've just oh, no. had chocolate for breakfast.
2: <laughs> She's, yeah, but <that> it means you're <laughs> going to crash in a minute. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. But speaking of things, we you know, food, actual food. One thing that we were going to do, because um, so like a couple of episodes ago, Holly and I had a chat about um, kind of introducing our relationship with running and how we got into running yeah. and our kind of history with sport and stuff um from school and going forward like that. And I thought it would be really interesting because of a we've got an episode coming up um where I've asked um our friend Laura Barnhouse to come on uh the pod because she's a nutritionist, she's lovely. Um I used to work yes I'm like very clever. She very did clever. She? She's very clever. She's nutritionist. Yeah I did, yeah. Um and Aww. she's just she's super, super lovely um she's a parent of three kids uh she lives down in devon now she used to live nearer to us but that's where she lives at the moment um and she's just yeah she's just an absolutely brilliant and she's been a um a coach as well so she's she knows her stuff about fitness and she knows her stuff about nutrition um and she's i think she's also um i hope she doesn't mind me saying because i think she's put this on her on her website but she's also had a complicated history with food as well. So that's another reason why mm-hmm. I wanted to get her on as well so we could talk about those, those things. But I thought it would be in much the same way that we talked about how we were with food. With um,
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra.
2: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash
1: people today.
2: With running growing up, I thought it'd be interesting just to kind of fess up what our relationship has been like with our food because We know it can be such an emotive, huge subject for women, particularly. Um, Yeah. And yeah, we just thought we'd do that. So, so I guess, how, like, how are you now? How do you feel about food now? What do you, do you feel like you have a healthy relationship with food now? Um,
1: No, probably. I find Mm. it really difficult to admit to myself even now. like i think i think it's healthier than when mm. i um than when i was thinner to be honest because i think i do think i think a lot more about what i'm putting in my body um but i tend to have a bit of an extreme relationship i'm quite prone to extreme thought processes either way uh i don't mean that i'm going to join isis by that i <laughs> i just mean that i uh i i tend to have i tend to catastrophize um mm. and then i'll compensate by going oh no it's absolutely fine and everything's all fine and and nothing's there's no problem i i, I i'm not very good at finding a middle ground with my thought processes sometimes um but so and i think this the same definitely goes with food where i tend to go through phases of either um right come on you really need to sort yourself out now and um you know only eat salads and be really conscious of what i'm just generally what i'm eating and drinking and then um crash and go i can't do that anymore i'm i need to i need to eat ch- ch- tennies chocolonies again um <laughs> yeah. But um but at the moment it is definitely healthier than that, which was more what it was like when I was kind of in school and then I would then I went through a phase where I, I really struggled with eating when I was in kind of like sick form of school. So when I was like seventeen, eighteen. And that was um actually mainly driven by anxiety. I, I genuinely found it really, really difficult to eat because it was my first time I'd experienced anxiety. Um, I I wasn't having like panic attacks or anything. I just had kind of like low key anxiety all the time, and I found it really difficult to pass things down my gullet. Basically, I just couldn't yeah. swallow. I was really struggling with lots of those functions. Um, and then people start going, "Oh, you look lovely, and you look so elegant, and oh, oh it's, and all no. of that stuff." That means that you're uh, not you're not exactly incentivized to start eating. Prop, you know mm-hmm. start trying to make yourself eat properly again um then I went to uni sorry this has all been a bit garbled but I realized that I should probably no. give more of a context to this then I went to uni and I um started probably both binge drinking and binge eating um yeah. that I it was all a bit discombobulating and I was far from home and so I relied on the comfort of food as control i think in the same way that i'd almost done when i didn't eat very much at all when i had anxiety in in my late teens that also in my early 20s i used food to control trying to feel happy and trying to um uh dictate a little bit how the day was going to go so i felt i was yeah. quite unhappy my first term of uni i didn't really like my flat i didn't really get on with them um i didn't know whether I necessarily made the right choice of uni and stuff and luckily it all got a lot better but I got into a habit during that first term of eating not very healthily because I would look forward to I was not eating intuitively whatsoever I was I was using food as the as the rewards and the way to look forward to things throughout the day Mm -hmm. and I think I still do an element of that now, and I also do a bit of an element of trying to eat more intuitively. And I have a bit more of an understanding of nutrition now from working on women's running and working with people who, like Laura, who are really clever. And um, I also am getting a bit older, and it means I know I'm twenty, nearly twenty seven. It's not like, but but I still (laughs) feel like there's a big difference between that and when I was 17 that like yeah, I can't yeah, yeah. I, I will have a really shitty tummy if I eat too much dairy or I will mm-hmm. get spotty and feel really rubbish about myself and get a bit low if I've been eating those of junk food and like it, I, I noticed those things a lot more than I used to when I was younger yeah um so that's more of an incentive that I do want to eat a bit healthier but I tend to still go through the extremes in my day where I will have um I won't eat very much during the day at all. And if I do, then I, I try and eat relatively healthily. I try and eat salads or soups or things for lunch at the moment.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, and then I get exhausted by that and so in the evening I will have a whole bag of family sharing crisps and a pizza because I'm like <laughs> fuck it yes. I've tried so hard today. <laughs> so it's it's back to the quite extreme ways of thinking with food that it I I find it quite difficult to separate the idea of food being a reward or punishment system.
2: Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. I d- <laughs> So much of, of what you say, I have this affinity with. And yeah, I can't. Yeah. Like we talked about that quite recently, I think, didn't we? That kind of the removal of, like the reason why we're talking about it is because, um, you know, because food and exercise are, are like intrinsically linked but for many of us it is linked in that kind of quite negative, well very negative way where it's kind of yeah, reward or punishment rather than linked in a kind of actually it's the thing that's fueling the exercise in the first place. And aiding your yeah, recovery exactly. afterwards. So using it as Definitely. another kind of amazing tool. But then I don't really like I must admit, I ca I find it really hard to d- to talk about it as fuel because fuel doesn't sound very tasty, does it? So um I know, so it yeah, sounds like fuel. It yeah it doesn't like you all. yeah food for people that don't like food um yeah, yeah anything that's
1: yeah. like all the you said it to me the other day um i you said oh anything that says um the equivalent of one meal oh yeah that's in so a setting, cup or in a yeah. bottle or whatever is an <laughs> absolute no no it's a big red it flag if it says no, it's no. the nutritional value of one meal and and yeah. that meal is all liquid no thank you yeah no apart suit soup which I do like sometimes it's... but not without a big old hunk of bread
2: exactly it needs to have something with it doesn't it doesn't
1: it yeah so, something I mean I but tell I me about mine's... yours yeah tell me about how how do you, how do you feel with yours
2: uh yeah I, I have I think I probably have very similar um experiences to loads of people um mm-hmm. I mean I was a thing I was I was quite skinny as a kid um and then puberty hit and then I went very very kind of well to be fair I think I probably just went very medium-sized but I was definitely yeah same but bi- I
1: felt like I was a lot bigger than big. other people
2: yeah yeah like, yeah same here and also because I was tall mm. it made and my my friends were all petite and I think I've mentioned this before but because they were mm. like seven or eight inches young uh, younger than me seven or eight inches shorter seven than me seven eight, eight I felt, inches younger than me <laughs> seven <laughs> eight inches younger. sounds like Alice in Wonderland doesn't it um I just felt like a barn door standing <laughs> behind them I just felt huge mm. um so I always felt big and so then because of that and because I knew that eating less wouldn't mean that I was smaller or as small as my friends I was always going to be bigger than them no matter how much I weighed because I was so tall um so I was always never going to be asked to dance by the by the boys at, at school because I was
1: looming over them um so that wouldn't have no effect and all of that so stuff I just is, I mean it's such bollocks isn't it but like I think because gender is so important in a very boring patriarchal heterosexual way when you're a kid that that I remember that being a really big thing that if you were taller than the boys or wider than the boys then I think that played into some sort of emasculating thing that boys would tease each other about and that they would feel something about that that definitely had a huge effect that in turn then on on how you felt as a as a girl yeah if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: yeah, it does make sense because, you know, you you know, growing up, I wanted to be <clears throat> petite and feminine and I felt yeah, massive and masculine. So, you know, you don't yeah. you know, sort of then play to the sort of comedic side of yourself rather than kind of any other kind of side. So anyway, so that there was that. Um, and then I just, st- I mean, with a, a little bit of fluctuation at uni because of like not eating for the first term, um mostly the same I was mostly quite medium-sized always thought of myself as being big um Mm -hmm. and uh yeah and just and I ate for comfort that was a big thing and that was that was a big thing because um my parents were both hugely exercise focused and diet focused Mm. and so I did have a an issue where, where where they I mean they were constantly on sort of diets and things like that the the F plan diet and things which I think I've probably mentioned before so this is kind of quite a 1980s yeah. diet extreme kind of hyper fiber um <laughs> diet um oh, probably might, might have even been the grapefruit diet or whatever but anyway there was all these different diets spinning about and um my brother and I were like put on diets and things because of the family were on diets um so yeah. food and relationships with food, I think mostly, I'd say mostly, actually, I don't know which parent it was. But anyway, um, yeah, so there was quite a lot of that going on. So I think I, ha- I already had a bit of a weird thing going on and then with food yeah. and then hit my 20s. And I just, I just ate what I wanted. So I think probably in my 20s, I probably had my healthiest attitude to food because I just ate the stuff that I like to eat. Um, yeah, but the food that I ate wasn't necessarily hugely healthy.
1: But my I relationship know. to I, that's it was what good. I think it's really difficult looking back, isn't it? Because same, to be honest, I think w- when I look back at that time that I was saying I kind of comfort ate, mm. it wasn't what we know now is intuitive eating. But also, it really did feel like it was just what I wanted, and I wasn't worrying about yeah. the effect it might have on my body in terms of aesthetics yeah. or anything. I was just like, this is making me feel good right now, um, mm. but but yeah but similarly i suppose there's just no when you don't have any understanding of of the nutrients in that food yeah you're going to be taking on too much of something and not enough of something else and stuff
2: i definitely did i was i was hugely into i still am i massive of of all the carbs my favorite's always been pasta and so that's what mm-hmm. i would eat quite a lot of but then i think my turning point both good and bad were well, actually mostly bad um No, no. I mean, I guess, well, there's, I I just need to finish a sentence. Um, The turning point would be um, a relationship in my early thirties, which was a shit relationship. And it Mm -hmm. was, it was towards the arse end of it um, was when I decided to actively lose some weight. And Mm -hmm. um, so I did that not through, I didn't look at anything. I just decided to eat less stuff I think um Mm. and I lost about um about a stone maybe a stone and a half um and I got down to roughly the size I am now Yeah. so and 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 I've stayed like that ever since so it's kind of it's almost 20 years that I've been rough apart from pregnancies because that happened later so obviously obviously put on a little Mm. bit of weight in my pregnancies um yes you have so much person of to compensate. Oh god, for. I put on yeah. so much weight when I was pregnant. I put on three stone with both of them. Anyway, um so but 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 the what was going on there was definitely a control issue where the relationship mm. was was so bad and I was so out of control with it that mm. like a very small child, the one thing I knew I could control was food. And so I then over controlled. Yeah and i had um I had a piece of paper where I would write down my weight every single day um and oh, I did that for, I did that for about two years um and that was kind of towards the end of that relationship and then happily, once I was free of it, I was still doing this. Mm. And I had a very specific, there were specific foods that I would allow myself to eat and specific foods I would not allow myself to eat. And the whole thing, like, you, you know, we laugh about the fact that I have the same lunch now every single day. That began to creep in at that point. I'm not saying I've had a tuna salad for yeah. 20 years, but back then I was only having the same lunch. I was only having the same supper because I lived on my own. Um, and I was only having, you know, the same things every single day. So that happened yeah. and I did that. And that's how I kind of looked after my mental health really was to kind of have these this kind of rigidity to my yeah. to the structure of, of my day and it kind of worked and it and where it started to fall apart was um when my exercise increased i was doing lots of exercise at the time lots of gym and things like mm. that but not lots of endurance so when my running mm-hmm. increased which actually coincides with obviously getting this job um so much much later on i then start training for a marathon and i've don't anymore (laughs) so it was Mm -hmm. the Christmas before lockdown and I got down to a weight that I don't think I've ever been since I was about 12 and I didn't mean to it just happened because I didn't increase my food and I didn't and no one I don't think at work no one would necessarily have noticed and I don't think anyone around me was necessary and Dave would never mention anything to do with my weight um no but yeah, it was only then and I only managed to get back, like go normal because I couldn't carry on training for the marathon because of COVID and then, yeah. mo- and there was less movement in my life because of, so I feel like. So
1: that was when we were, work- when, when,
2: before lockdown, that was when yeah, we were the in the office. Christmas before lockdown.
1: Yeah. The Christmas before lockdown. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, but I mean, it's not, uh, it's, I'm not talking about huge amounts. I'm not like two stone less than this. I'm, I'm like maybe <laughs> half a stone less than I am now. But it was definitely, you know, hip bones jutting, shoulder blades, you know, that kind of yeah. not looking. I mean, I loved it. I loved it. Isn't that awful? I loved it
1: because aren't we conditioned um, to love stuff like that? It's so. so I remember yeah. also looking in the mirror when when I lost lots of weight when I wasn't eating very well in in school as well. That looking at my collarbones sticking out and yeah. just thinking it was the most like glamorous thing ever and absolutely loving it
2: yeah it's it's awful isn't it it's awful yeah it's so sad I, and
1: I, I'm so sorry though I feel like that's I did I had no idea it's so sad how, how much relationships affect that mm. stuff and that makes me sad for smaller you and mm. um that that would still to an extent be like a part of your psyche even just a couple of years ago when I knew you and we were working together yeah. and stuff
2: well, and and it still is now because I still massively control mm-hmm. my food until about nine o'clock at night. So in the in the same way as you, like I yeah. like right, I'm going to have this lunch, yeah. da, da, da. and then I get to nine o'clock sitting in front of the TV, and it's like right, okay, I'm just going to eat some stuff. But I still yeah. do, um, I still do the kind of the uh, what's it called intermittent fasting thing that, which basically means I don't have breakfast. So I, yeah. I, I was much more strict about it. Um, a few years back and I was strict and it was because I'd done my back in. So I'd done my back in, I couldn't move and I literally had to work lying on my back. It was before I joined Anthem. So I was lying on my Mm -hmm. back typing with this. (laughs) Anyway, um, I couldn't move. And I remember thinking Mm -hmm. I can't move and I feel like I've put on some weight and I need to kind of shift it in some way, but I don't want to restrict the food that I have. I didn't want to kind of get rid of the food group or whatever. And this was a really easy way I found to, to kind of get everything back to where I wanted it to be um and that was to like not eat between eight o'clock at night and midday the following day um and yeah I, st- I eat I eat past eight now I eat so I eat up until about half past nine but I don't eat until midday and so that's, yeah that's the thing that I do and then I have my salad-y thing and then I have my mm-hmm. and I eat really really well
1: until yeah half past nine and then the Tony's coming. yeah so then the Tony's comes out I I similarly actually don't eat um until midday either and people at work always used to tease me for that being my lunchtime and I lean into it I always laugh about the fact that 12 o'clock on the dot it's like I start going lunchtime um yeah." (laughs) yeah and um but but I think that definitely comes from the fact that similarly i would when i first i always used to have breakfast and then when i um started eating a lot lot less when i was yeah kind of 17 um Mm. that was when i cut breakfast out completely and i noticed Mm. that that was also contributing to the effect that i would i was losing quite a lot of weight and people complimenting me and saying i look lovely and and things Oh my goodness, thank you. I've just been presented with a coffee. Um, <gasps> but I know the the <laughs> service today on the podcast has been excellent. Um yeah. but um <laughs> yeah, and then I think I think I um yeah, I I just never I never brought that back in again because mm. I think that's still my one thing that I feel really bad and I beat myself up a lot. For my for my evening snackings, for the ones we're talking about with the post nine o'clock Tony, Tony's Chocolonies yeah. come out, or the mm. uh, for me actually it does tend to be more like savoury things, and it tends crisps, to be wine. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, so it's like oh go on, I'll have a, I'll have a glass, I'll have a glass, or oh yeah. I'll, I'll have a I'll have a bag of Doritos, or I'll have a <laughs> I'll have a Dairyly Dunkers, or whatever it is. Um, yeah, and. Um, those those tend to be the things that between them, one of those will win a battle of an evening, yeah, every yeah. every night, um, and um, and I think I yeah I really beat myself up about that time of the day, and I lie awake at night and I worry about it, and I'm like, oh, I'm yeah, I'm I'm going to be unhealthy, and I'm clogging my arteries with stuff, and all of these things, mm-hmm. and then I um, I think the The morning is like my my penance almost. Yeah. It's like my little Yeah. 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 Fully, fully
2: agree. Fully agree. That's exactly what I do. God, it's shit, isn't it? Why why are we like this?
1: I don't know. It's really interesting. I think you're helping me realize lots of things that I because I always think that I have a relatively well, I certainly look at you and I think Esther's got such a healthy diet and such a good relationship with with food mm. and no <laughs> at myself yeah and then at myself I'm like oh I'm I'm I, I I suppose during the day I think oh I'm quite brilliant and then in the evening I think I'm a complete piece of shit I have quite extreme you know yeah um yeah, variation exactly with that. how I think about it yeah but my it's, thing is
2: is because it like in this discussion it makes me think of um like when I was weaning the kids and the kind of articles and things that i'd be reading about like uh weaning children um uh, particularly when it comes to sort of well post weaning but like you know toddlers and two and three and four year olds and stuff um Mm. and there's a whole thing there about how that they can't control anything in their lives and so the one thing that they can control is is food and that's why you get lots of resistance to food lots of fussiness and all this sort of thing um so i kind of you know in this discussion it's kind of you know Making me realise that, like, mm-hmm. that I'm I'm still doing that, and I'm 49. I'm yeah. still doing like this is this is the thing I can control, and so I shall con, sh- I shall control it because everything else is yeah out of control. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just uh, tricky, tricky, tricky. I don't know how to change that mindset. It's all hoping about that when con-
1: we... control, isn't it? Yeah, there's, there's, and and I, I think yeah. I think shame a little bit. Like, yeah. I I tend to. I don't know whether you have the same thing but I think there's a lot in it that's like during the day that's when I feel like people are looking at me um mm-hmm. even working from home and that are yeah. expectations of me maybe and that like I need to be a certain person and so that's when I try and do all of my eating a eating a lovely salad having a yeah. a, a I don't know making a tea out of lemons and chopping up yeah. chunks of nasty moldy <laughs> ginger or whatever and sticking yeah. it in there and all of that stuff yeah. and then and especially because we work for a women's health brand that I I feel like there are certain expectations that I have to keep up and mm-hmm. then in the evening I think no one's, no one's looking, looking at me anymore and so yeah. that's my time where I'm allowed to get dorito fingers and yeah I think I think there is still like big a big part of me that feels like there's a lot of shame associated with eating what I want, and there is praise and adoration, and oh, aren't you mm-hmm. a brilliant person associated with eating lots of healthy things? And as a yeah. people pleaser, I think it really affects my self esteem. Mm-hmm. I hadn't. That's a that's a realize it. That's a real time realization that's happening there. Like yeah. I remember eating um, some lunch once in the office. And it being a whole, I had like a whole Uncle Ben's bag because I, yeah. think I had some like leftover something and it was leftover chili or something, but it wasn't very much. And so I had a mm. whole, I, I often feel like those Uncle Ben's rices, half is not quite enough and a yeah. full is quite a lot. And because yeah. I didn't have much of the sauce to go with or whatever it was that day, I went for a whole bag mm. and somebody in the office said, that's a lot of lunch f- for, for just you <sighs> or something. I know and I've and ever since I've been like that that was a lunch then that like got struck off my list of things because I was like I'm not going to eat that in front of people then because people obviously Mm. think that that's not I think a lot of it is tied up in people pleasing and makes you think. Um, it wasn't you, by the way, who said that to me. You would never oh, say anything really, like that. I know, because in my head, I saw, I you, like, I saw oh. your eyes, and I was like, "By the way, that oh. I need to reassure oh. you that, that was not you." Because <laughs> <laughs> I do wasn't. remember,
2: I do remember casting shade, and it was on something else. It was one of the blokes in the in the office, and they had something um, where I said to them, where they they ate a whole tub of something or other, um, mm. and they said, "Well, that was," and they, that that person said, "Oh, I think that was quite healthy." And I was horrible because I remember saying to them, have you checked how many servings you're supposed to have in that? It was yogurt. They were having yogurt. And I said, can you see how many servings are in that? And they turned it around. And I remember them getting big round eyes and saying, (gasps) I remember that, but... And it was like six servings. And I was like, well, it's not really a pudding.
1: (laughs) But then we all we've all said things oh. that we thought like there are things that I've said that I feel incredibly guilty about. And there are things yeah. that just subconsciously creep in every day know, that like I, I was, I was with my mum when we were going around the Christmas markets and I noticed that I keep, say, I always say things like, I don't need that. Yeah. And it was like, uh, why am i saying that again it's like a people-pleasing thing it's like do i want it or not why am i fine yeah. about going oh i don't need a mulled wine or i don't need a, a churro or whatever from the christmas market um yeah and i'm doing this sort of like sort of dancing around trying to get permission or trying to work yeah. out whether other people think it's okay to have that or not kind of thing yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah so I think we all say stuff all the time and I was conscious of the fact that I was like oh I don't want my like my mum I think I've taken on a lot of shame from the fact that my mum all the women in my family have just always struggled with their weight apart from my sister (laughs) bitch but again why am I saying things like that because it doesn't matter there's no (laughs) there's no good or bad she's just one of those people that is is naturally very very tiny and actually she gets she gets insecure about that herself um but me, my mum, my granny, the women on that side have always really, really fluctuated a lot. And, uh, it feels like it doesn't take a huge amount for us to gain quite a lot of weight and it doesn't take very much for us to lose quite a lot of weight. And it's often mm-hmm. quite a lot of upping and downing and, uh, maybe more of a natural place for us to sit is curvier, just naturally. And, yeah. um, I think a lot of my shame was taken on from things I heard people say to my mum and then seeing how upset she got and then projecting those onto myself and going and making those kind of statements you make in your brain like fat bad thin good crisps bad broccoli good or whatever that you then start to do
2: obviously it's so much more
1: complicated and nuanced and personal than that but um yeah but yeah that was all I was going to say was that I felt really sad when I came back from the Christmas market and I noticed that I'd done quite a few little silly comments nothing horrendous but just little things yeah. like that um that had made me go oh god I think I learned that from things that people were saying to her or or things she yeah. said about herself as a result of what other people had said to her or whatever yeah. and now I'm just doing it now I'm just doing it back and sh- and in front of her showing her what impact that's had I don't, it made me feel all funny i can't really explain but
2: yes it's, um, if, do you know and, and and i think that kind of passing down from generation to generation i'm i'm kind of hyper aware of it with the kids um but obviously mm. back when i was a kid it's not something you you didn't necessarily think about things like i was thinking about um, in in the same sort of way, like you know, there's no way that your mum would say stuff in front of you, thinking that that would ever have a knock on effect on how you saw oh yourself. Oh no, she's be about
1: she'd himself. be mortified.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. and like my my dad was very keen for the family to all eat massively healthily. Um, that was that was mm. always a big thing from kind of the, the sort of 1980 onwards. It was a very very health driven food, which felt like diet food, which it probably was. But for him his motivating factor was that his father had died um when he was really young of heart disease so yeah. my dad was has always been terrified of dying in his late 40s early 50s because of heart disease like congenital heart yeah. disease so he's been really really worried about that and has always been keen to keep his weight low as a result so that's his motiva- motivating factor but for us listening to him talking about losing weight and stuff. We always think it's aesthetics, you know, not rather than, rather than actual kind of health.
1: Um, So yeah, it's it's just such a
2: personal weird thing.
1: Yeah. yeah, Yeah. And I think that's really difficult because I completely, I completely appreciate that. I have it because my dad had a a stroke in his early sixties and I get anxious about, um, I don't know, all sorts of things for, I, I have lots of health anxiety around that. Similarly, but of course there are things that we can do to limit our um how likely we will be to suffer from something like that and particularly when it might be a genetic thing Mm, mm. um but i also think that (sighs) I'm being really careful with what I'm saying because I'm definitely not saying that eating healthily if you know you have heart disease in your family is a bad thing or whatever of course that's a yeah. of course that there are things that people are going to want to do but is it not also a little bit of just like a way of trying to control something that like you can't completely control you you, yeah. you might still die of a genetic thing younger than your peers might die of it and and mm it it might not be something that you necessarily have any control over and like of course I'm not saying that limiting the factors that contribute to that isn't isn't a positive thing but if it's yeah. going to cause you like horrendous stress and sadness or make you feel rubbish about yourself or mean that you can never enjoy things in life or whatever then I think there is a balance to be struck is that is that okay to say I guess there it's really tricky isn't it I,
2: I totally see where you're coming from and I can see I can see why it's um I mean it's just this big thing isn't it because because obviously if if you have heart disease in your family limiting or cutting out things like like fags booze yeah um you know sugars all of this sort of
1: stuff is mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah but limiting these things um are shown to have obviously a beneficial effect and uh, and you know whatever know. so but but yes, it is. You have to be controlled about it. So there is this element of control and, oh, it's just, it is basically, it's your classic minefield, whole. Oh, it's classic minefield. So, um,
1: it's such a classic minefield. Yeah. And I, f- I find I really struggle with it because of having health anxiety that like, mm-hmm. I, and again, this like slightly catastrophic, extreme ways of thinking sometimes that like, I can't, I find it really, really difficult to find a balance. And I don't know whether there's quite an answer when you when when it's about health and when you're anxious about your actual you know heart health brain health body blood whatever it is that Mm. um I don't I don't think anybody's quite struck exactly the right way to look at that yet that I've ever read or understood because it doesn't work for me to just completely write it off and go well who cares we're all gonna die that makes me feel crap (laughs) Yeah. But then also yeah. going, okay, so I'm going to be responsible for my health and for not dying, and for the impact mm. that that might have on my family, where they might be very sad, and my partner, and and it's all my responsibility, and it's it's everything that I put in my body and all the decisions I choose to make every day, and that that's also not the right answer for me because that sends me into a bloody spiral. Yeah. It yeah, makes me so know. responsible.
2: Yes, I don't know how to marry those things up at all. I'm hoping, I don't think she's going to have, have all the answers, but I'm hoping that Laura will come with, I think, some answers, or at least understanding.
1: At least, we'll, I think we'll get a Zoom hug. Out yeah. Of them, so that'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's what the real but root so of, lots of lots of my anxieties, and I think maybe same as quite a lot of yours. So I'm really excited to hear not that she has to have the perfect answer but yeah as you said just some support yeah. and yeah. hopefully it'll be a really a really good convo
2: yeah it's tight and it's just because and I, I think it's so good to do these chats this side of Christmas because we're obviously we're about to head into a time when um we should be enjoying our food because there's going to be lots of it around there's gonna be lots of lovely food around but um mm-hmm. you know heading then into January where people then go completely the other way and um can start restricting in an unsustainable way calorie intake and um you know the, introduce mm. control methods and things um and i think it's worth yeah. having these discussions before christmas before that stuff hits in before you you're bombarded in the media not by us but bombarded in the media by ways in which you can control the way that you look um and uh, yeah so i think it's best to have try and be as honest as possible about it yeah because i know i know people will, will come to women's running wanting to lose weight and that's and we've said this before and and obviously that's absolutely fine whatever you want to do is what you want to do and um but what we're not going to do is ever explain how to lose weight because that's not what we're here for um no and it's
1: a sad fact that unfortunately if you're looking at running as something to lose weight solely I think you know everyone's experience is going to be different. Like sometimes you might lose weight if you're also limiting your calorie intake, or you're also—I don't know—also different people have different bodies, and it might be it might be easier for some people to lose weight through doing lots of cardio exercise than others, and um, yeah. you know that some people will have different abilities. Some people will have will have different genetic makeup there's no there's no answer to any of it and um and I think our our response tends to just be that running offers so much more Mm -hmm. and we know that it can have a really positive effect on your mental health and we know that it can have a really positive effect on how you feel about your body and how confident you feel and I think those are the things that that We can actually speak to because we've experienced. I personally can't speak to running, helping me lose any weight, and that's just a fact for me. And I think it's you know, the yeah, every year we do have lots of questions about that stuff. And I'm sure, yeah, as Esther says, lots of people finding us because that's what they're looking for. And I'm sorry that that's not what you're necessarily going to find here, but um. Also, I'm not sorry because you're going to find way better stuff, like a lovely community (laughs) of gals who love each other and look after their brains first. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
2: And and I guess it's it's just it's it's such a cry episode. Don't cry because I've already cried. Oh God! I tell you what, let's do an email. You had a couple of emails, didn't you?
1: I did. Shall I quickly tell you, they're they're really quick ones. Sorry, I interrupted go you on, as well. Then. I want to just make clear that that was a delay rather than my rudeness. <laughs> no. Go for it. <laughs> okay, right. Here are some emails. If I can get the bloody tab open. God.
2: Here we go. She's going to do it in a minute. Why
1: can't I do that? Here we go. Okay, okay. so um they're just nice ones there's no questions there's no there's just two that i wanted to read you that are really nice so this one's from a new listener called claire um she said she was delighted to discover us she's a bit of a podcast newbie but she's discovering the joys of plodding along with some amusing irreverent and occasionally informative chatter which i think is the tagline <laughs> from now on <laughs> yeah um but it's a perfect description she said i'm getting in touch to 100% endorse what claire maxted was saying on your most recent episode about how fantastic Lakeland Trails events are. I just happened this morning to be on my first run of one of their virtual ultras, so it was amazing to hear them mentioned so much on the pod. Their in-person events are inclusive, safe, and in stunning locations, but they started doing virtual ones in lockdown, which proved so popular they've continued. I've signed up to do 55K in the three-week window and hoping it gives me a kick up the backside in the cold and dark. I'd love it if you took up Claire's offer to do one of their events and featured it on the pod. So... (gasps) Oh, I think that I am,
2: that's a sign. Yes, it's a sign, isn't it? I am so keen. It did look so pretty. So, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I'll have a think. I'm, I'm think really going to look into into doing some trail next year. I'm I'm excited to do that. Um, and then she also said, "Good luck for our Paris training." She's about to start training for her fourth marathon, and she thinks she might be completely mad. I would probably concur, <laughs> Claire. But you're in good company. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. This is more of a public public service announcement here. Oh, oh. Uh, this is from Susie, and it's entitled Holly's Boiler. <laughs> <laughs> I truly oh my love God. our listeners so much. I'm going to cry again. <laughs> so Susie said, hello. I'm afraid this isn't running related. I mean, welcome to the club, babes. Yeah. But... I've just heard Holly's story on the podcast about setting the timer on her boiler. I related to it so strongly. I had to email you. When I moved into my house, I had exactly the same problem. I couldn't work out why I didn't have a timer and looked everywhere. Turns out when I looked underneath the boiler, it was hidden inside no. and then she's attached. So I think it might be worth having a look. She said she's attached a video for me. So I personally am going to watch this after the pod. If anybody else is interested, then let me know. I'll and I'll ask Susie's permission if we can put it on our Instagram or something like that. <laughs> um, but I don't know whether this is just me and Susie over here. So, uh, oh she my said, god! Um, as her sign-off, Esther, I think you'll appreciate this. She said, "I love the podcast, both the running and boiler content." <laughs> <laughs> Boilers. What a fucking world! Oh my
2: god, this is just—we have the best What a weird. job! <laughs> <laughs> This is amazing. I know. know. All we need to do is talk about various things that are going wrong with our houses and we're getting fixed. It's brilliant. I know.
1: I love it. Thank you, Susie. Honestly, that has really, really made my day. I'm immediately going to go and watch your video and have a fiddle around with my own (laughs) boiler now. Not a euphemism. Not a euphemism. No. Great. (laughs) Though we do work from home. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Oh God. very lowbrow right. that was okay <laughs> let's stop talking about that
2: <laughs> thank you for listening do please email us at wrpodcast at anthem.co.uk with any questions or running stories as we'd love to include them in a future podcast this podcast was recorded over Zencaster the editor and composer was David Newman Please hit like and subscribe, that way you won't miss the next episode. For just £2 a month, you can become one of our supporters on Patreon and you'll receive a special patron-only weekly newsletter from me and Holly and free access to our monthly live chats. If you join our cheer squad tier for just £6, you can listen to bonus podcasts too. Go to patreon.com forward slash women's running to find out more. Happy running.